Hi guys, and welcome back to Level Up with Lou, with your host Lou Oni. And this is the podcast where we help you live your best life, pursue your dreams, and love yourself. Love yourself. Strive for progress, not perfection. Know your worth, then attacks. Make an income while making an impact. Doubt kills more dreams than failure ever will. Visualize your higher self and start showing up as that. Level up. Hi guys, welcome back to a brand new episode today. Um, I'm actually so excited for this episode. So I'll tell you two things. Number one, I'm recording on my birthday. So happy birthday to me. Um, I feel like by this time, by the time this podcast goes out, it'll probably have been weeks past my birthday. So that's one thing. And then the second thing, I've got an amazing guest on today. I am so, so excited about this episode. So I have got the amazing Mary Moshokwe Adeyemi. So Mary is an award-winning investment professional, and she's also a purpose-driven woman. Mary has years of experience working with young and early career professionals, and she spends time developing, executing, and managing talent recruitment and training programs. And Mary has a passion for personal development like me um, and career growth. And she's also written a book and started an organization. So I'm really looking forward to this episode with her. Thank you so much for joining us on the episode today, Mary. How are you? Hi, I'm well. I'm well. I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for having me and happy birthday. (laughs) Thank Um, you so much. (laughs) I'm going to add you to my list of my friends who are born on the 28th and the 29th of October because for whatever reason, it's like a massive spike in my birthday like thing I have probably like 12 or 13 friends that are born like on the 28th so yesterday was very very busy (laughs) yesterday was a list of like oh hi happy birthday happy birthday videos pictures (laughs) it's like it's like that every every year and then every year I always add one more um so I actually added one more yesterday and then you're just like a day after so I'll add you so yeah I have to really think about what was happening nine months before the 28th of October, <laughs> of October so that all of you came in the same period and I was right. coming back I was like it sounds like you guys are be Valentine's Day babies probably, probably. Very like- <laughs> something around that February time <laughs> so yeah. the nine month period but no happy birthday and thanks for doing this on your birthday <laughs> thank you um just before we get started I'd love the audience to know a bit more about you um so just tell us a bit about you um yeah. Okay. I mean, you've you've done a little bit of a of a of a bio, but I guess I would say three words that describe me are that I am passionate, purposeful, and people oriented. And I think those are my three watchwords. Um, and then I I just you know I get to live that out in different spheres. So I'm sort of no one thing from a career perspective. I think I just try to define myself by who I am innately. And then wherever I find myself, then, you know, I'm hoping those three traits at least and more kind of, you know, show up um, and help me do what I do. And so um, I'm Nigerian by birth, born and grew up there, moved to the UK maybe when I was, um, what, 16, 17, give or take. Um, And that was almost 20 years ago. 
so yes, I'm 35 now. Uh, so a lot of time has passed. Um, but Nigeria is still very much home. I go home very, very regularly. Um, so I'm very much Nigerian. I'm Nigerian British, but still very, very much Nigerian. Uh, and yeah, so kind of came down the pathway um, into university in the UK, went to Lancaster University, studied accounting and finance, um, went from there to Imperial College, where I did my master's in management. And through this time, that's when I started like sort of doing internships and exploring the world of careers through that pathway. Um, and luckily enough, I was able to secure a full-time role at Bank of America in, frankly, in the middle of the financial crisis. I started my career in the middle of the last financial crisis of 2007, 2008. Um, so very tumultuous time. And uh, But I, I would say like those are some of the, the setting stones for, I guess, the story of my career is actually like a big part of it was starting my career in the crisis and the implications of that. And yeah, so I've been, I've been in, in banking now for 15, 15 years going on. Um, and, um, you know, yeah, alongside sort of my functional career, I've always been very, very interested in helping people, you know, navigate careers. So basically, as I was navigating my careers, I was learning stuff. And I think I was just very, very passionate about also showing other people so that we're not making the same mistakes. I think I get the teaching bug from my dad, who's also like a, um, who's an executive coach. Um, that was also his side hustle, but he was actually like a, he worked for the government. So he was a public servant, worked for the government, but was also did a lot of stuff in executive coaching. So I think I just got that sort of DNA leaf from him. And I was always doing sort of the same, really. Uh, and yeah, so about maybe four years ago, give or take, all of the work that I was doing in the career coaching, career strategy space, I basically put into like an umbrella um, and uh, there kind of came out of it visibility. So visibility is a social first organization where we work to improve the outcomes for black women in the marketplace through inspiration, coaching and community. Uh, and yeah, so that's my little baby. But out of that has sprung so many things. Um, you know, a talk show, kind of talk show podcast similar to this, um, a community uh, organization, a coaching practice, and now a new book, Visible Strengths, which actually just came out this week. Um, so uh, this is a very timely podcast recording. So we went live on Amazon um, earlier this week, and it's been a very hectic week <laughs> so far. But really exciting, yeah, to kind of see something that you worked on for so long actually like be received really well in the marketplace. Yeah, that's amazing. Congratulations on your book, by the Thank way. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Uh, I actually wanted to just get to know um, you a bit more in terms of like what are the key things, I guess, growing up um, that happened, the key events, the things that led you to who you are as a person, because yeah. oftentimes certain things that we're passionate about. So like for me as well, personal development, yeah. it can stem from maybe things that happened to us in the past or experiences that we had. Mm -hmm. So how would you say you were growing up and how has that shaped you to be I guess, the woman that you are today? Hmm, that's a good question. I haven't actually... Um, well, I, have, I haven't processed it in this context, but I have processed it obviously in the context of writing a book because you have to be quite introspective when you're doing that. Mm. I would say, like, there are a number of sort of natural things that I came with that maybe kind of helped me set... that set me up for success, I would say. So, like, the fact that I, I, I think I was always very independent naturally, um... My mom always tells a story about how when I was about 
two months old, I just like didn't want to breastfeed. I just wanted to like hold the bottle. <laughs> like just, just what? Like, like basically she was like, you were like literally like off. Like I just, she, she, I didn't hit the six month mark basically wow. um, of breastfeeding. So she was like, you always wanted to do your own thing. Like, the moment you could hold the bottle, you were just over the whole breastfeeding thing. Cause it kind of felt like you could do your own stuff. And she was like, literally I will leave you with the bottle and you'll be fine. <laughs> Absolutely fine. <laughs> Um, so I'm guessing that kind of sounds like a little bit of independence from a re- from a really young age. Um, and I think that I, I definitely still see that um, today, not just sort of being an independent doer, but also being an independent thinker. Um, that's that's a key part. I the framework of sort of how I grew up is is quite interesting. Um, I have the privilege of growing up in a two parent household. Uh, you know, in Nigeria, but both my parents were um, public servants. So my 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 dad worked for the government, um, was secretary of state, secretary of state of Lagos, secretary of states, basically for Lagos State in Nigeria. Um, so he had like he had quite a, a senior role in you know in the state. So I was kind of surrounded by that and the implications of that. My mother was a public servant, but in a very different field. She was a nurse. Um, and, but she was like a senior sort of chief nursing officer for, um, sort of local, for local government. So I saw kind of two people who lived a life of service, like, so serving and that was, you know, the whole act of serving, whether in like in career spaces in particular was just something that was like a norm in Mm. the day. And when you, when you live in those kind of, that, that kind of environment, you, um, effectively your household takes a bit of a backseat not, not not a backseat but you know you have a bigger purpose and your family kind of has to slot into that um so mm-hmm. we never I never felt neglected or anything as a kid but I, I knew like my my parents roles were very important but I still felt very prioritized so those are kind of important things like I think that would shape but I would definitely say that the culture of um, the culture of service in my household is definitely something that I see so much living out sort of in my career, um, thinking hard about how you can make an impact, uh, always wanting to leave every place that you are much better than you left it, like than you met it. It's definitely yeah. like a life rule that I still live by, um, very much so. Uh, so yeah, and just I think my my parents in particular, my dad is just extremely influential in my sort of upbringing um, and just how I thought about things. And one of the things I always say, like, you know, my, my dad was the first person that taught me how to think and taught Mm -hmm. me how to speak actually Um, in the sense that we, you know, we come from quite a small nuclear family. We have a much bigger extended family, but my nuclear family was quite small. It's literally two kids than mom and dad. But even with that, especially in Nigeria where like, there's a culture of effectively ignoring a female voice. Yeah. Um, I lived in a house that was completely the opposite. So my dad would always say, like, what do you think? And it wasn't just mm-hmm. about, like, we did everything like a family meeting. Everything was a conference, like, and the kids were involved. So there was always, like, a point of not just making decisions as parents, but involving the kids. And mm-hmm. if one person wasn't up for something, then it never got done. So I think I grew up with that idea that my voice was important. Um, it was relevant. You need to, you need to have, you need to think, you need to have a, an opinion and then you also need to be able to share it. So I think I've said a lot of things, but yeah, if I kind of string that together, it would be, I think there's a sort of natural independence that I, that I grew up with, but that has then mished and merged into like, um, 
you know, being an independent thinker, being someone who has, who sees value in their voice and kind of is not afraid to share um, thoughts and opinions, but then also being someone who basically lives a life of service, you know, and that's my, you know, my, my kind of life ethos is really all about everyday leadership and serving wherever you are. Um, and, you know, basically leadership without titles. So that's, you know, I saw that lived out. I see that lived out sort of in myself now. So, yeah. Mm, that's amazing thank you so much for sharing that um I think something that really resonated with me was when you talked about having a voice and Mm. sharing your thoughts Mm. and you know I do really appreciate having Nigerian friends so I have Nigerian friends as well Mm. Nigerian um Nigerian friends that encourage you to speak out and really be you and they um celebrated you for who you are and I think Mm. often especially as women or even gals um we can come from a society that tells us that our voices are important, that mm-hmm. we just need to just follow, for example, what a man thinks, mm-hmm. that we we shouldn't really have much of an opinion. Mm-hmm. And so for the fact that your dad is the one that actually pushed you to have that opinion is really something amazing to see yeah. as well. And it shows that, I guess, the culture is evolving with time as well. Mm-hmm. And I would hope that, you know, as we you know, we're raising our own children and everything that, you know, we raise them as well to be bold, be fearless, have mm-hmm. thoughts, be independent and have those opinions. Yeah. Um, so I actually wanted to ask you um, in terms of like um, the work that you currently do at the moment, mm-hmm. what are some things you see keep noticing over and over again? Some patterns that you've seen in, you know, the professionals that you work with or, you know, um, the people that you mentor and um, mm-hmm. help coach? Uh, so, yeah, so I, I, I presume you mean the work I do, like with visibility. Um, yeah. My, my actual job. Um, yeah, I mean, what are some of the patterns? Yeah. Uh, a number of things I would say, I mean, yeah, there are a number of things, but how would I synthesize it? Actually, so a few years ago, I actually, after doing a lot of work with young professionals, I decided to even do a survey, really to gather some of these themes in terms of, um, you know, potentially like sort of where key, key issues that young professionals were dealing with um, as they were navigating the world of work. And a lot of that, you know, I see in the, in the conversations that I have with, you know, you know, with mentors and, and people that I coach and stuff. And it generally tends to be, give or take around three to four things. It's one, clarity, this sort of idea of like, am I even in the right place? You know, where is the place that I want to be? People want to know a lot about purpose. And, you know, we hear these sort of words, like, I want to find my purpose. I want to be in the right place. I want to be, so there's this sort of space of like, you know, what is, what is, um, I need, I need to be clear on what I want to do. And a lot of people are kind of lacking in that and they don't really actually know how to get there. So I think that's one piece that comes up a lot. So I definitely try to help a lot of young professionals around like, okay, how do you, how do you find clarity where you're going? But in, in order to do that, I, I come from sort of a strengths-based methodology. So we're not mm-hmm. just going to take you to somewhere that is like random. It has to be something that stems from your sort of natural and learned strengths. Um, because that's where you're actually going to be most happy. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's the clarity being one. Second piece is usually around confidence. That's the big, like, my goodness. <laughs> that's always the big one, you know, highly capable people, but for whatever reason, and very, very valid reasons too, they just are not taking up space, um, mm-hmm. right? You know, rightfully so. And so it's just things like, 
um, you know, lack of confidence in speaking, um, lack of confidence in your own thoughts and your own thinking and in your own intellect, um, a sense of a fearful approach to life and career. So everything kind of feels a little bit, I'm afraid of stuff. So whether it's like being afraid of, of, of competition, so your peers competing with you, being afraid of losing your job, being afraid of getting it wrong. So there's lots of fear that people are harboring, a lot of limiting beliefs from the past as well that are feeding in. So I shared about how, you know, my dad encouraged me to speak. But at the same time, I went to a secondary school that discouraged me from speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in fact, one of the mantras that we used to, they used to say in, in this, my school, and, and I'm talking 20 years ago, and I hope it's still not the same, is women are to be seen and not heard. So that was like a regular, and this was a top-ranking private school. Um, and we used to say, oh, and it was a girls' school, and they said women are to be seen and not heard. So we're supposed to be like, it was a girls' secondary school uh, slash finishing school of sorts. And so they wanted everyone to be proper, don't talk back, you know, beret, you know, your beret is like perfect, your tie, your skirt, everything is perfect, but you're just voiceless and numb, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a real, um, it, it was a tale of two cities, basically, because I would go home and someone would tell me, speak up, what do you want, what do you need? And then I'll go to school and someone would tell me, uh, women have to be seen and not heard. So I got into a lot of trouble in school. Um, naturally, not bad trouble, but always like, I, I was always like, what do you mean? Like, if you say something, I was always like, uh, I don't get it. Like, so I always questioned the teacher and stuff. And so I did a, my, my fair share of kneeling down, putting your hands up in school um, <laughs> as a consequence. But, you know, there's lots of things that we get told along the way that just basically form baggage and it carries on into like the world of work. So I think a lot of times building confidence as you're dismantling some of those fears and limiting beliefs is definitely something that I see as traits um and i'll say maybe the other two pieces are just around um relationships and community and having you know learning how to navigate not just personal relationships but also professional relationships so up till the point when you start work everyone is your friend or everyone is your auntie or your uncle or your whatever like or family like those relationships are very very clear um and even if they're like your school your school folks we don't call we don't really call us our school classmates colleagues they're just classmates and maybe they're friends and you know the ones you're going to vibe with you're going to vibe with and the other ones you move on but in the world of work you actually don't have the luxury of that because mm. your colleagues are your colleagues and even if you don't like them you still have to work with them mm. and you know so you can't get rid of so a lot of times navigating communities around you that you know whether it's your colleagues whether it's your mentors sponsors all these other relationships you have to navigate in order to execute your job well operationally but also strategically plan for the future um Mm. at at, at areas that i feel like you know a lot of young professionals maybe not i would say struggle but there are some who just have to learn to navigate so that so it's kind of a spectrum of some people know how to do some of these things and then they just try to navigate through it. And then others are actually really struggling in those areas. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I think those are some of the themes that have come out, that come out quite repeatedly. Of course, there are a number of other things like, um, you know, <laughs> not knowing how to, you know, ask for the pay you want. There's always those kind of questions, you know, people come up with that. Um, try, you know, figuring out how to transition when I want to transition from, one career to another. How do I do that? Um, you know, there are always questions around 
you know, at what point do I get a, a coach or do I need a coach or do I need, you know, do I need sort of any kind of additional help? Um, visibility is also one, always one big topic that we talk about, like, okay, well, how do I be visible in the workplace? How does visibility actually make a difference um, to those in my, in my office? So there's a plethora of issues, but I'll probably say, yeah, they kind of generally tend to be around clarity, confidence, and, and, and sort of the community bits will be the three I'll mention, yeah. Yeah, um, I think I definitely agree with what you're saying. And I have definitely seen it in terms of my peers, definitely um, growing up as well. Mm. And then probably people younger than me as well. Mm. Um, so I would say, um, so my sister actually currently is working for Google. Mm. And in that, so she's black, obviously she's my sister. Yeah. Um, but then she's quite young as well. Mm-hmm. And so na- navigating life after university, um, so like you've done, you've done the internships, you've done the training, you've had the education, and now you're in the role can be quite challenging. Yeah. And yeah. oftentimes, I wish. So I'm going to recommend this book to her. I kind of wish I had, or she had, or even I had somebody yeah. to show me the ropes right yeah. after uni yeah. to say this is what you should do. This is the questions you should be asking. This is how you become more visible at work. These are the kind of um, um, relationships you should be forging at work. I wish someone had shown me that. And I remember you mentioning about the fact that you think it's important to um, understand what your strengths are and to somewhat craft your career around that. Can you talk a bit more about um, strengths and why they're so important and how... I guess for you personally, how your strengths have, has helped you in your career? Yeah. Um, no, really, really fantastic question. And actually, like what you just said earlier is exactly why I wrote the book. Um, so when I when I started my career, I literally had to figure it out on my own. And I wish I just had some help. And then in particular for I would say like, especially like in the UK, in the US and probably other areas where, you know, women like us are like a minority generally in the workplace from a, both from a race and from a gender perspective. What it does mean is that, you know, you're actually unlikely to find natural mentors. I call them culturally relevant mentors. So people Mm. who just look like you and bond with you because they're from where you're from. You can always find mentors in different spaces and they don't have to look like you or be like you. So, so that's not the issue, but you know, the Italian, the young Italian guy who comes into work probably bonds with the MD that's Italian because they speak the same language. Mm. It's just a natural point of connection. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to help each other or whatever, but there's a natural, it's something that binds them. You, you're, I'm more, I'm less likely to find that because when I go in, I would rather, I would usually not find somebody who is black or find, you know, or find somebody who is black and female. Um, So they're just less points of connection. And I think those points of connection are important because those are the people who actually show you the ropes, take you under their wings and, you know, all of that stuff. And when you don't have that, then you kind of have to now try to navigate. You have to find more unnatural ways of creating relationships and, you know, and when you do, those wishes will work for you, but it just, it's just not, you don't jump off into them, right? Um, and that was pretty much like sort of my career experience and why I, I, I wrote Visible Strengths, you know, 15 years on is I still feel like many young professionals are struggling with the transition, right, into the workplace and someone needs to kind of hold their hand. Um, mm-hmm. I'm only one person. I can't hold everybody's hand, but hopefully I can write a book 
that could kind of, you know, serve as serve as me in in many spaces. But to your question on on strengths, like it, it's, yeah, it's so so important. Like if I think about, there's so much research. This I mean, let's let's like there's so much research on the benefits of leveraging of leveraging your strengths. I mean, if we even start from like what are strengths first of all, you know, they're they're t- the typical sort of answers to strengths really would be, you know, these are some of the things that I'm really good at, the things that I have a natural ability at, things that I like to do, things that I'm qualified and certified to do, things that I've been successful at in the past. So there are a number of areas um, that, you know, things that you can look to, to to help you identify and figure out your strengths. The, the you know, the way I would define strengths is really that they are the unique combination of you know, natural and learned patterns of, of thinking, feeling, and behaving that are really hard to replicate by other people. Um, and I, and I use those words very specifically because it's not just about how you do things, but also how you think about things, how you feel about things, and then how you actually like execute them. So when you put those, that combination together, it actually ends up being quite unique because it's very, very rare to find people who, you know, you might find someone who thinks like you, but they rarely behave like you. You might find someone who behaves like you, but they will rarely feel the way you feel. But, you know, so that unique sort of DNA combination of things, um, whether it's things that you grew up with, you you know, you, you were born with. So the natural, those natural patterns are things that you learned either by observation or by, by sort of, you know, experience. You know, once you put all that together, the set of all of that is quite a unique thing to you. And I'll say that that's kind of like your your set of strengths, really. Um, and there's, and there's quite a bit of research. So like Gallup, Gallup, there's a, there's an organization called Gallup, Clif, Gallup Clifton Strengths. Um, and they are probably the world-class researchers around this topic of strengths and how strengths really help people in the workplace. And they reach, they bring out a lot, they research a lot of things, but I'll sort of point some sort of key, key things that they always talk about that those who focus on using their strengths in their career and their business are probably around six times more effective and engaged at work. They are, mm-hmm. you know, they're about three times more likely to report an excellent quality of life. They generally tend to observe, call it between eight to 18% increase in their performance because they're just doing what naturally comes to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and overall, I think all of that then leads to the fact that people who are using their strengths in the workplace generally tend to be more energized, more rested, more happy, more confident. They're less worried, they're less stressed, they're less angry, they're less anxious. So overall, they're just, when you're in that state of mind, you are more likely to achieve your goals. You're more likely to want to wake up in the morning and go to the office. And then you're more likely to actually enjoy the thing, the, the thing that you're doing every single day because it's just not exhausting yeah. you. Um, and so that's that for me, sort of how I think about, you know, the benefits of strength. I mean, and that's research-based, but it's, you know, even without the research, you feel like, let's just think about, the things that you know you are natural at, you can feel the joy literally coming when you're doing it. You're just like, it doesn't feel like, you know, we spoke earlier about, you know, doing this on your birthday and you just said, this is not work. This is because this is a strength for you, actually. The fact that you can say that is because it's a strength. You are literally living in your strength zone right now because, and, and that's why it doesn't feel like, oh, I'm taking, I'm working on my, on my, on my birthday because you're just doing something that's natural. So you're having conversations 
and you know with the hope that somebody's going to learn something from that conversation so you're you're living you're using your strengths but you're also living in an impact zone so that's why you actually feel really energized by it but imagine if we're able to do that in our everyday life in technology in business in finance in in engineering in whatever it is we're doing if we're living in that strength zone you know consistently um Mm. and so yeah so like i think just extremely extremely important and if i think about sort of my you know my own strengths and uh, of which there are many but if i think of sort of my natural my my natural strengths around um you know i talked about sort of independence at the start um that's a big strength for me um i also i actually always say like one of my biggest strengths is that i'm such i'm a learner um not mm-hmm. only am i someone who can learn very fast but i'm actually someone who actually just enjoys the process of learning so I, I would do things not because there's an end goal, but just because I just want to do it and I want to learn it. So I've done, you know, whether it's through courses, whether it's through, um, you know, whether it's through structured programs or unstructured programs, like I would just not just go and learn the most random stuff out there um, just because I just I just want to know a little bit more about it. I want to know a little bit more to be dangerous. Um, mm-hmm. And that kind of just means like, you know, so learning things quickly and just having a breadth of knowledge is definitely a key strength for me. Uh, and then also just, I guess, my way with people. I'm interested, I'm, interestingly, I'm actually very much an introvert. Nobody ever believes that. Are you? <laughs> a lot, but I'm super yeah. energetic about myself. Uh, okay. But over time, I have learned how to pull on other people's energy mm. to relate and I've also, I also realized that a big part of my purpose and my being is in the conversations that I have and in actually the interactions that I have with people. And so mm-hmm. I've kind of le- I've leapt off one strength into something else and made something else really stronger. So definitely my ability to foster close relationships, um, especially when there's a common goal with that relationship. I leverage that in my coaching practice. I leverage that in my work. Um, so those are kind of key strengths for me. Um, as I said, there are many, I can pretty much go on forever because I've tried, <laughs> I've tried to really hone in on sort of the things that, that are, that are key to me. Um, mm. and yeah, like for me, problem solving, thinking through things, I'm super analytical. Um, I can be very, very technical around, you know, things. And that's what I, that helps me definitely in my, in my day to day job. So actually kind of, that's a good segue into then, you know, how does this help me in my everyday job? Right. It's like, mm. um, you know, there are many, as I said, being a relator, learning how to do with people, it means like I can deal with, I can, I, when I'm dealing with stakeholders, navigating relationships with stakeholders, that just helps me out. Um, so I'll pick up the phone call, I'll crack a joke. We, you know, it eases the tension and we move on. Um, but the flip side of that is I'm also very matter of fact. I'm very straightforward. I don't mince words. And that sometimes often doesn't go well. So that's why, so I balance that with telling jokes and, you know, taking people out for coffee and just generally forming relationships so that that way it kind of eases the tension because the nature of my job, I have to, dif- I have to communicate quite often, very difficult messages um, to yeah. people who would rather not hear them. So yeah, so th- th- that kind of helps out. Obviously being, being incredibly analytical helps me in my job as a, as a risk manager. Um, that's my day to day. So actually being able to see things and think things through and being a critical think- a critical thinker is is really important um my whole thing about learning is extremely important because means every every single opportunity everything that is new new regulation new laws um new patterns of thinking new 
um, you know, new clients that I have to cover, I have to learn new sectors, new industries, I have to do all this. And that means that every day I'm absorbing information. But if you enjoy learning about the most random stuff, then <laughs> when you're doing that all the time, you're like, oh, this is actually pretty cool. <laughs> so yeah. I'm not just reading like, you know, um, client diligence materials because I'm trying to get, you know, get to the end. I'm actually just like, this is quite interesting. Oh, did you know that they did this? Did you know they do that? So it actually <laughs> ends up being like, a little bit just like, like an intellectual journey. So I think, um, you know, that's, I mean, again, there, there, there are lots of different areas, but that's actually probably why I, I think I do really well in the work that I do because mm. there are just so many elements of it that pull on things that are very natural to me. Um, and so every single day I go into the office not feeling like, regardless of the challenges that come at me, I feel like I have, there's something in my strengths toolkit that I can pull on to help me succeed mm. in the yeah. day. So I'm able, I may feel really tired, but my ability to delegate will help me or my ability to leverage my relationships or to think through things or to be quite organized. Um, I'm a very messy, organized person, but everything gets done. And so just things like that, um, I generally have a lot of energy and I can work very long hours. People don't really understand how that happens, but capacity helps me in the day because if I have a long list of to-dos, everything is going to get done even if it's going to take me 20 hours, but it's going to get done. But those are the kind of things, like, I think the moment you start figuring out, you know, what those strengths are for you, then you can really now start creating a strength strategy as to how do I use these strengths every day in the work that I do. And I think, like, mm. when you're able to do that, it makes a step change. If you figure, if you do the work of figuring out your strengths and you realize, like, actually, I can't really use any of these strengths in the work that I do, then it's probably time to make a change. Um, mm. you're probably in the wrong place. So I think figuring out your strengths not just helps you figure out whether you are in the right place, um, but it also helps you kind of define where you would where, where you should be. Um, and that's sort of a really powerful thing um, in the journey of your career as well. Mm. Wow. I, wow, you really said a lot here. I don't even really know where <laughs> to start from. Um, but yeah, as you were even talking, I was just like, it's so beautiful to see how everything just knits together in terms of like you. So like how like your strengths kind of help you in the job you already do. And I don't know, it's just, it all sounds well and good. Let's just put it that way. And I feel like a lot of people are listening and be like, oh, but Mary, you have so much experience with this. You've had so many years um, doing this. Like you just know so much about this. But where do I start from? I don't know anything about this. Where can people yeah. actually start from who have no clue? Just, this is even the first time they're even hearing about strengths and yeah. you know, um, adapting them to fit, I guess, yeah. your career and what you choose to do. Um, but yeah, where can people start from who have no idea what's going on? Um, I mean, another fantastic question. I, and let me tell you this. I did start thinking of processing strengths probably until I was about four or five years into my career, actually. Like we all know the word strength is not a new word. We all kind of know about that, but and sometimes in interview, they tell you, they ask you, what are your top three strengths or whatever. Sometimes mm -hmm. you hear, you hear that in that context. So it's not a new thing, but I think what we then, we hear about strengths, but we don't connect it necessarily into how we strategize and craft our career around our work. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the missing piece. So for me in profession, in professional settings or, you know, is for me, it's, it's getting young professionals, not just to think about strengths, but really start activating strengths. 
by le- by figuring out really intentionally how am I going to use this in the work that I do? How am I going to make my strength stronger and, and the like? So I would say that in terms of, so it's never too late to start thinking about strength. So that's why I said that it's never too late to start thinking about strength or start to, um, you know, leverage more knowledge of strength sort of in your work. Uh, even if you, even if you feel like you're in the right career, having the right knowledge and language of your strengths is going to make you a lot more effective and then immediately just a lot more happy. When you realize there's something about realizing that you're in the right place. Um, there's just something really special about that. Like even if you're just doing work and you just keep thinking, oh my God, as I mentioned, there's this question about clarity. Am I in the right place? When you know like you are existing in a career where you're actually using your strengths, that clarity question goes away. So you're not showing up to your workplace knowing like actually this is an enabling environment for me. So now how, what am I now going to do? So, and that's a completely different mindset than going into the workplace thinking, I don't know if I should be here. I don't know what they're going to throw at me today. I don't know what, who's going to stress me out today. That's a whole different conversation. <laughs> you just, you just, you're going in with just a different energy. And I think that's important. So if you want to start thinking about strengths, I'll, you know, there, there's sort of three ways I would say in terms of uncovering your strengths. One is like, you have to do a little bit of introspection. Um, and in my book, I talk about, um, some kind of introspection buckets in which you should be thinking about your strengths. Um, so I'll share those with you, um, which is one, it's called the Kashi model. Um, I, ca- I created a framework around it and I call it Kashi. No real reason why it was Kashi, but it just kind of made sense that it sounded nice. Um, but <laughs> Kashi basically means knowledge, attributes, skills, history, and interests. And so a lot of times if you take a blank sheet of paper and someone says, write your strengths, it's just like, uh, I don't even know what that is, but let's break that down. And so if you can, if you can write, you know, two to three things in each of these buckets, you end up with sort of 10 to 10 to 15 sort of named strengths that can be quite helpful for you. So, you know, number one, your knowledge, what do you know? So what have you studied? What have you learned? So a lot of this is probably like the things that you studied at school. I know a lot about philosophy and a lot about accounting. I know a lot about technology. I, and and what and knowledge doesn't have to be fine. It is infinite, right? So mm. never think that because you are, you know, at a young age that you have no knowledge. You have a knowledge for the stage that you're at that is required. So don't think about like your knowledge in relative terms to somebody who's been doing the career in 20 years. So for where you are, you have the knowledge to so tick that box. So write that, write your three things under there. What do you know? Um, then, you know, two, what are your attributes? So that's kind mm-hmm. of like, who are you? What are you like? So are you someone who is, um, who pays a lot of attention to detail? Are you analytical? Are you, um, are you a responsible person? Are you naturally collaborative? So on and so forth. Those are like, Key, you know, are you a happy go lucky? Are you a this is the way it's an introvert, extrovert? Those are just like those are your key. This is basically your style of being. A lot of things around personality and stuff go into this bucket, right? And these are, you know, these are very the common words that come up when people think about strengths anyway. So it should generally hopefully be a, an easier bucket to, to complete. Then what are your skills? So we talked about knowledge before. Knowledge is really about what do you know, but what are your skills mean? Like, what can you do? So when you take knowledge into a physical space, that's where Inas has turned into like turning into skills. So there's mm-hmm. something about like, I know, I understand the idea of coding versus I can code. Like I actually know the, um, I know the things to type and I know the things to put together and I have the skill. I can build a website. I've done it before, that type of thing. So what are some of the skills that the things that have translated into, into more physical um, skills that have translated into the physical space? That's that's kind of what goes under the um, the skills parameter. So the the abilities that you you naturally possess or you've developed through 
your life work experience or any kind of formal structured training. Um, then bucket four is your history. So, and this is really where I talk about experience. It's always a bit of a challenging space for for career for early career professionals because they think, well, I haven't done anything. I have no experience. Yeah. Zero. Everything is zero. But don't zero it out, right? Think about experience from a, um, you know, where have you volunteered, right? And what have you learned in, during that time? Um, think about your internships that you've done. Those are all places of experience. Think about your, um, even in your household, what are some of the things that you find yourself being asked to do? So I always say like, I've, I've, I've always been an event planner and an, an organizer because in my house, I'm the person that does all of that. No, they want, any, they want to get anything done. They pick up the phone and they're like, oh, we want to do this. And they know that the next thing I'm going to do is bring out my spreadsheets and I'm going to start putting a list together of all of the things we need to call the vendors. Who, who you know, who, how much is it? Who have we like negotiated price with? Who have we paid? What's the balance? They know that I always have that on lock. So that's kind of, so, so that means that naturally there's an administrative skill that mm. I have. and you know, it's useful. So really start thinking about not just the things that you've done in the context of work, but even the things that you've done at home, in volunteering, even at school, if you have done any projects, be part of the student union, you know, done any sort of things like that, all your like um, African Caribbean society stuff, you know, starting to think about all of those are all skills, you know, can you present? Can you, um, can you, can you lead? Like all that history demonstrates like certain capabilities that you've been building over time, even sometimes without you knowing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the final bucket I'll say is like kind of your, your interests, right? Your interests are really sort of these, these things, issues, subjects that fascinate and excite curiosity in you, right? So there are things that you're naturally maybe motivated to learn um, and you want to do more in these areas. So that could just be things like, you know, you know, we've seen a lot of stuff, you know, Black Lives Matter. So for you, it might just be the fact that, you know, you are interested in equality of, you know, racial equality in the workplace or in just in general. So, you know, it could be things around, you know, gen- gender equality, it could be things around climate change, it could be things around, um, you know, our, you know, our politics. So there are generally a lot of things that just, and just, just you're just curious about you just want you you some I, I this this is this is the area where i say like is there anything that you sleep you can you might you sleep think wondering about or questioning mm. about just just natural sometimes it could be about sustainable fashion it could be um i mean there's so many ways it could just be even things like i think there was a time i was thinking about um the most random thing. I mean, to be fair, visibility is, is a product of sort of my interests because I was kind of like, how do I actually make a difference in this space, right? Um, and that just incited a lot of thought on it and then a lot of action. But it could be the most random thing. I think I'm thinking about businesses like, um, like Rent the Runway started with just someone just being interested in, like, how do we serve people who want fashion, but not in a way that's destroying the world. And mm. how do we make fashion more recyclable? Like there are lots of businesses that are just just that that literally start out of a question. Yeah. You know, how do we connect you how do we connect students at universities together? Facebook. That was actually how mm. Facebook started before it now became because you remember when you started when we started Facebook, you all had to have a university email address. Yeah. I don't know if you remember as far back as that, but like how, you know, 
that was really the thing. How do we connect universe, students and universities together? Then it broadened and then became sort of what Facebook is now and is owning and powering a bunch of other engines and things like that. Um, so a lot of things can jump off from, from sort of the interest bucket. So I'll say like, if you can introspect in these areas, you're probably going to even just already have a solid list of 15, 20 um, strengths. It doesn't have to be equal. You can, you might find, you know, one bucket easier to populate than, than others. Um, and in my book, I have a, a list of sort of strengths that, you know, if you need some language for, you can kind of pull out. The second um, method I would say then is, if introspection isn't working for you, maybe you're just lack not it's a strong way, strong way of putting it, but I'll say you you may just be lacking in self awareness, and then some people are just mm. like, self aware, and that's fine. You build self awareness over time, but self awareness is absolutely the bedrock of self mastery. So it's yeah. important to build self awareness. But let's just say, let's assume you don't have that self awareness, then use other people. That's where you now can ask ask other people ask somebody like what if you know what are three words you used to describe me you know there are mm. different questions you can ask people that would encourage them to like think about things for you and actually give you some answers that are quite interesting yeah. um you know so if you ask someone you know what, what were your first impressions of me when when we met um you know what do you think are my best three qualities or my worst three qualities what are some of the things that you count on me for um one interesting question I asked one of my friends here and I said, you know, what kind of trip would you be going on before you like invite me? <laughs> you know, like because, okay, unfortunately, you may not be the booty shaking friend, right? You may not be that friend. So when people want to go to that, <laughs> they might not be thinking about you. But when people want to go on um, a trip with, you know, for a leadership conference, you know, three days, settle, ginger, you know, everything, whether you, <laughs> where like they want encouragement and forward thinking, then maybe you're that friend. So you just want to also know like, and that will help guide you. Because if someone says, oh, I always call when I want to go to, when I want to go to Sancho Pay, like you're my girl. So that means that what they're saying to you effectively is, you're fun loving, you're, um, you know, you're probably very into like a lot of entertainment and excitement and, you know, you're good company in that kind of space. So that's kind of what a lot of these kinds of, so, so asking certain questions will definitely open up, um, or open your eyes to a world that you potentially can't even see for yourself. Cause we have a lot of blind spots. A lot of us actually don't know what we do naturally because it's because mm. exactly that it is natural. So it doesn't stand out. It doesn't stand out to you, right? Um, yeah. So that's definitely a key thing. And then the final thing I would say, and probably even the easiest and most important, is leverage these things called psychometric assessments, right? Um, you might have heard of them before. There's one called Sixteen Personalities. It's on sixteenpersonalities.com. Um, the Gallup Strengths Finder. Um, there are other. There, you know, we've called, you might have heard of the Myers Briggs type indicator. That's 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 sort of a sixteen personalities. Sixteen personalities uses that methodology, VIA character um, character theory uh, as well. Uh, insights discovery. There's so many types of personality traits that look at strengths from different angles. I love those um, because effectively it's really leveraging science hmm. to give you some insights about the things that you do well naturally. So by answering a certain list of questions, it would basically come up with a report for you and you can read it. And trust me when I say you read this stuff and it's like it's reading you. 
It's wow. literally <laughs> um, so if you've never done assessments before, definitely look into it. There are many of them that are free and readily available. Um, there are some that are paid, but even when they're paid, they're usually like a de minimis amount, 20, 20 pounds, even that 20, 20, sometimes 20 pounds, $20, depending on your region. But I think it's such a worthy investment because mm-hmm. there are some of them like the like Clifton Strengths by Gallup. It's like it's a 20 pound investment for the things that we do these days. You can spend 20 pounds in McDonald's, frankly, at this current yeah. living. Easy. Um, so you could do that. But McDonald's is not going to give you the return on investment at all. <laughs> for if you don't just fill you up with calories, actually, that you probably don't need. But McDonald's is not going to be the return on investment that that will give, will give you. You spend 20 pounds on Gallup, and then Gallup gives you basically a report of like your top five strengths. Um, as well as a list of sort of the others that they've seen through your question, your answer, the answers to your question, the questions that you answered. And then they um, now talk about how you can apply these strengths at work. They talk about how these strengths could also be potential weaknesses because every mm. strength is, is, is everything we do is a strength because it's in the right place. The same strength when misplaced becomes a weakness. So think mm-hmm. about it like this. The most analytical people, you're, you're amazing at work, but you're probably a terrible friend <laughs> because everything somebody says, you're processing and thinking, what did that mean? Mm-hmm. What did that doesn't say? Should they have done this? So you're analyzing everything and it's so everything is so matter of fact and black and white. So you're very, very horrible person to be around if you don't master the art of switching the analytics off and being able to mm-hmm. say like, when I'm at work, this is how I think. When I'm at home, I, 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 I change. Or someone that says that they're very, um, uh, what's the word? Maybe not outspoken, but they, you know, they're, they're free thinker or whatever. Like they, 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 dem- there's a word I'm looking for that's not coming to mind right now, but let's just say it's something around, um, they, they're they're they have a leadership quality you know, they're, they're a leader or whatever so they know how to like do things and get things done they execute really well fantastic but think about that in a home <laughs> where there's other people involved say you're married and like there's a there's a, <laughs> you know this whole the whole respect conversation in the home now becomes like you don't just take decisions by yourself you have to actually like we have to talk about it together Right. So somebody who's super independent, leadership quality at work, you bring exactly that behavior into the home. It becomes like you're uncollaborative, you're unconstructive. It becomes, so it's just, a, it's, it's not that it's not a strength. It's now just on, not positioned correctly. So I used to get this comment a lot about being, um, how did they even used to put it? I don't even remember now because I've just X, I've X that. But effectively, it used to be about being very, um, brash or whatever there was kind of like a very i can't remember the word but basically just in effect just call it as it is say it as it is um just brash is probably the word that comes to mind but at work i actually need to be i need to be matter of fact like we don't have time (laughs) so i need to be like that in the workplace um we need to be i need to be exactly like that i need to be very clear very specific that when i'm with my friends i need to tone it down significantly um, I have to think a lot more than I speak, mm-hmm. process what I'm going to say, 
Sometimes I even come back to my friends like three days after because that's when I had time to think and package my conversation so that I don't upset or, you know, mess up the relationship because I just because I just said things really quickly. So, you know, over time by learning your strengths and also learning positioning, you can really now learn how to to navigate. So I've said a lot, but in summary, introspect in the buckets that I've shared. Ask other people, if you are if you feel like you're not as aware of yourself, ask other people and leverage psychometric assessment. So, if you, so that's a great set of places to start as it pertains to um, discovering your strengths. That's, mm-hmm. that's kind of how I would, I would say you should go about it. Thank you for that. And guys, get the book as well, Visible Strengths. That's, what, that's the best place to start. That's what I should have said. <laughs> Um, Actually, that's what I should have said. The best place to start is visible. <laughs> I need to get better at this sales. This sales. <laughs> you know, the best place to start is buy visible strands available on Amazon. Yes. Um, that's where you start, and then that would also give you all of the tools you need for introspection, asking others, and um, psychometric assessments, and then much more. about um understanding strengths and how you know some people aren't so self-aware um that really resonated with me because um in my jobs often I'll have like students come on the ward um first year second year or even sometimes third year and I like to always sit them down and actually ask them questions around what's their learning style like what are their strengths what what do they care about what do they want to get out of this experience and oftentimes people say to me oh I don't really know what my learning style is and I'll just be like by this point I mean you're you're first second third year you should know what works for you whether it's maybe I don't know some people just like to do so I'm a bit of a doer I just want to just do it some people want to actually just learn about the theories understand a bit more reflect a bit more before they do something and some people like to see what other people are doing and then do it so everybody's different even in terms of like learning visually or um, learning through listening to things so I'm someone as well in terms of like listening to stuff. So I've always, so from a very young age, I've always listened to podcasts. And so even with that, Mm -hmm. like retaining information, that's the best way for me, listening Mm -hmm. to things. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, just understanding what works for you, honestly, gets you to a better level in terms of like being able to accomplish things and having a more positive experience wherever it is that you go, whether it be work or even with your relationships with people, you know, knowing that, Mm -hmm. okay, cool, I'm somebody that I'm quite organized but most of my friends aren't how can I leverage that 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 personality trait or strength of mine how how can how can I make it so that you know I'm helping out my friends in terms of like if I feel like they're a bit disorganized in a certain aspect of their lives it's just it helps to add value just in general in life and so yeah guys it's so important like I feel like everyone I feel like this should even be taught in schools I don't know why it's not it should be a curriculum it should be on the curriculum (laughs) And that's actually like a lot. You're you're literally taking my entire vision out. Is I want like my goal is to have visible strengths almost as like a course at school to say like you're now transitioning to the world of work. Like guys, you need to know a lot more about yourself. You've done three years or four years of education. How do you translate that into work so that work works for you? And I think that that's the missing piece. And so we then we go into the world of work and it's just so jarring. 
Um, and yeah, you're learning, you're learning on the job, no doubt, but it could just be easier. Like why have it harder when it can be easier? Um, why have it harder when it can be easier? So yeah, we're definitely working with a few, uh, universities to bring visible strengths. Well, eventually I want the commissions to get visible strengths into the curriculum, but for now it's even just organizing a lot of talks and things like that, just so that there is this space for students to start learning how to transition better and smarter into the workplace. That's amazing. Um, I know we don't have a lot of time left, um, but I actually just wanted to quickly touch on this um, because something that kept popping up in our conversation about visibility. Um, and there's yeah. something that um, I think when we... Um, when we first started talking, when you um, when I looked on your profile, something I saw about value led visibility in the workplace. Yeah. Can you talk a bit about yeah. that? Because um, I've never heard that before, and I really want to know more about it. And I'm sure others do. No, absolutely. Um, oh, you probably know that I talk a lot. This is this is the teacher in me. So I talk a lot. I talk a lot. So I'm gonna try to answer this really, really, really quickly. And the way that I'll answer it is this. We talk, we, we hear a lot about visibility. And if you really, if you really break it down, just dictionary definition, the visibility is basically the art of being seen, um, you know, or, or shining a light on something or something being seen, right? Uh, but in the workplace, I think it goes a little bit further because you can always, you can see stuff, but what are you really looking at? Mm. And I think that's where it changes is like, to be visible is to be seen, but visibility in the context of the work of, of the workplace and the work that you do and the visibility that matters, career growth visibility means like people are looking for something very specific in you when they're looking at you. And that's something very specific is what I call value. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. The value that you're bringing to the table. That's what they're looking. Because otherwise, there's so many people. Why would I just be staring at someone? I don't, you know, I don't, what, I, what, I, what, am, I, what am I as a person looking at when I'm looking at someone, I'm not just looking at them physically in the workplace. I'm looking at them and like, what do they do? What department are they in? How, you know, how well are they doing their job? Can I identify them with the work that they're doing and the value and the solutions that they're providing? Um, That's important in the workplace. So you then, from your own perspective, if you want to be visible, they have to really think about value-led visibility. And that's like really not just about physically seen and being the empty gong that is shouting the loudest in the market square. You want to be the person that people, people look at and they can clearly identify who you are with the work that you do and the solutions that you provide in the environment. Mm -hmm. So that in essence is the quick way of thinking about value led visibility. So for me, then if you're, if you're thinking about it that way, visibility value actually comes before visibility. There's no point seeking visibility when you have not added any value (laughs) because it's just like, why am I doing that? Um, So a lot of the, and and actually thinking about it that way is it makes it maybe I think easier to pursue visibility because you're not just focusing on see me, see me, see me. You're focusing on see the work that I'm doing. This is the work that I'm doing. This is why you should know about it. This is how it's going to help you. So it's no longer about just self-promotion. It's about value promotion. It's a very different context. I think when you think about it like that, people are not going to feel, um, you know, a lot of people feel like a little bit 
like icky about self-promotion mm-hmm. and like you know promoting like you know kind of saying oh hey i've done this i've done this but the point is if you're thinking about it as value promotion then um it's actually just not a bad thing in any way it's not it doesn't make you seem arrogant or anything it's just literally like this is the work that i'm doing this is how it can help you mm-hmm. um and it just becomes a lot more natural and stuff and so i'm a big fan of you know not just being seen in the workplace but being directly identified with the work that you do and the value that you're adding mm. um and so consequently like value-led visibility strategies are really about like what do i specifically oh so let me think about it like what what should you specifically be doing in the workplace in order to in order to make your value visible that's kind of how, that's basically how I think about value levels business strategies. Mm. So a few that um, I wrote about in in um, Invisible Strengths is around things like when you're in the workplace, if you, you know, and this is, immediate, you can immediately take this to the office tomorrow, like on Monday and, you know, and, 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 and implement it, right? So if you, if you're somebody who can, if you're, t- if you take on like a reoccurring activity as an example, so this is usually like a project or some action that needs to be exercised regularly with some kind of high frequency. So it could be things like maybe you're somebody who sends out this very specific report every week or every month or whatever. That is a recurring activity. So something like that. Where if, you're, if you take that on as a project or something you want to be doing, it seems like, oh, I'm just sending this email. But, there are lots, but in there is a seed that can open up a lot of opportunities right um one piece is you know you can it creates name recognition people get people get this email every week with your name on it they don't know who they don't know you because they might not have seen you you might be sending a report globally who knows but they just know that there is a you know there's a lou oni that sends me this thing and if i have a question on that thing she's the person i'm going to call so name recognition is incredibly important, but you can also take it a step further by saying, this reoccurring, item, um, this reoccurring action I'm taking, how do I keep on improving it and innovating it so that it is now doing more? It is now answering those questions. It's answering those questions before those questions are asked. So you can always expand the remit of the value that you're adding by leveraging feedback and that kind of thing. So that's like an example Another example that I give in um, Invisible Strengths is around things like, you know, you can take on creative activities. So things that are really centered around innovation, where there's like a blank sheet of paper and you're supposed to come up with something. So if you're somebody who is generally quite innovative in their thinking and you're like a problem solver, this is like a great space for you to really demonstrate value, um, you know, by you know, joining things like, you know, new product or process or system launch teams. Uh, so there's, you know, the, maybe there's a, there's a new regulation or new policy and we need to craft how the organization exists in that space. Um, so those are kind of really interesting things because it's blank sheets of paper. Everybody's thinking from scratch. So if you're somebody, and, and definitely if you're launching anything, you're going to have the attention of very key important people in the firm so when you're part of project teams like that it directly you know will make you visible to people that matter um so yeah so th- that's kind of like two that i will share just in the interest of time there there are a few more in in the visible strengths book um, but actually one thing that i missed and i think should have set, helped set the scene is really like 
you know, this question of value. And I hope that it was somehow clear that what I, when I talk about value, I'm effectively talking about the problems that you solve mm. and what, and the reason why people even have you around in the first yeah. place. So if you, if you, if you think about what compels you to buy a product in the, in the shop is because there is a problem you have. There's something you want. You want to brush your teeth or you want, you want clean teeth. That's, that's the, that's the end mm. goal. But the product that helps you get that is Sensodyne or Oral-B or whatever. Like, you know, so there's there's something very specific you want to get. And that's why you went to the marketplace. So when, when your organization employs you, generally, they have a problem and a gap that they are trying to fill. And so when they go out, you are the product that they went to hire to get the job done. So that you providing a solution to the problem that they have is what they call value. Mm. And so the process of value, the process of value definition is a big, and there's a whole chapter just on defining value. And it's really about saying that, you know, value is in the eye of the beholder. It's not about what you think is important, but it's actually, it's about the buyer, what the person who hired you thinks is important. So there's a whole piece, uh, uh, you know, in, in the book around, um, identifying your stakeholders, figuring out what they want, what, basically figuring out why they hired you in the first place. What what problems are they trying to solve? What gaps are they trying to close? And then um, that's when you now say, okay, this is actually where my work should be aligned. Mm-hmm. So it's important that every single day you're going to the office is not don't just go in and just do random stuff. You need to do stuff that matters yeah. to the people that matter. That's how you get ahead in your career. That's like about being strategic in your career, right? Is it's not every single day you need to be able to tie in the work, what you're spending your time on. You need to be able to tie into a strategic, something that is strategically important to the organization you work for. If you cannot do, whether that's like a, a small level, large level, but you need to be able to go every day to say, okay, that is one more thing we've ticked off this list of things that the organization is trying to achieve. Yeah. So that's sort of the point around, around value. So if you're focusing on value, um, like if you're focusing on defining value, solid value contribution every single day, visibility now just becomes about how you craft the story around the value that you're adding. Um, it's not really in itself. It's the by visibility is the byproduct. It's not itself the end goal. Mm. So it's just a different way of thinking about visibility. Um, And so, yeah, so actually in the book, Visible Strengths, there are two chapters on visibility. There there are 16 chapters in the book, but there are only two chapters on visibility because actually visibility is not the important thing per se. It's the thing at the end, right? It's the marketing, it's the storytelling. But what comes before that is the value. And in order for you to add value, you really need to know who you are what you do, what you do well, and leverage and capitalize on your strengths. So that's actually how the book is structured. As you start from strengths, you deliver value, and then you communicate your results. Amazing. Um, As you were talking, I was just smiling so hard because I was just thinking about, like, the current job I'm doing and um, my interview while I was employed. And then even, like, the things I've thought about doing where I currently work, even when you mentioned about sending the emails, something I've even thought about it's been in my mind um because I'm quite passionate Mm -hmm. about health and well-being and so I wanted to actually start sending out like weekly um um it's not a leaflet is it weekly what are they called when you say stuff online I can't remember now yeah 
summaries or yeah so like some uh, just like weekly emails on like health and well-being how to improve it at work and so yeah, yeah that's it newsletters wow that's so hard to remember yeah. <laughs> but yeah so um yeah I do definitely resonate a lot with what you said and I genuinely wish we had so much more time to talk because this has honestly been so enlightening and so fun and so inspiring <laughs> honestly um you're honestly a great person to interview so thank you so much for coming on this platform um before you go are there any last words you want to share do you want to tell the audience where they can find you where they can buy the book yeah oh yeah thank you for the opportunity um yeah last words i would say look work can work for you uh but you need to work it uh you need to be smart about it you need to be strategic about it from the beginning and yeah do the three things that visible strength says you should do you need to capitalize on your strengths you need to contribute value and you need to learn to communicate the results that you're generating to the people that matter um so that would be like you know jump off that in your career so whether you're at the start of your career you're three years five years ten years in it's never too late to um pause it's never too late to jump like jump off level up um it's never too late it's never 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 too late to change course to redirect to reconfirm um you know your career is definitely yours to make um to make out of and all of the comments that i just talked about if you pause and just think about them they really also work really well even if you're running a business right businesses also run same you, you start a business that leverages your you know leverages and capitalizes on your strengths um, you add value, you solve problems for the customers that you're trying to solve or the communities you're trying to solve. You, you know, you have to add value. You do what you, you, you do what it is that you say you're set out to do. And then when you're done, you communicate results. So we've had this conversation now. Lou is leveraging her strengths doing this. She's adding value because she's bringing you exciting guests who are going to teach you something and share something. So she's adding value to you that way. And I hope you're learning a lot as you're listening. But then after this episode is done, she's not going to put it under her bed and close the computer and walk away. She's going to cut it out into snippets. She's going to post it on like the right sites. She's going to share it on social media and let you know and point you in the direction to the thing that you're supposed to be listening to because it's going to help you. So that's, you know, so even if you're if you're running, whatever it is you're running, do if you do the same three things, you're going to end up, it, like it's just going to open up this ripple effect of success, right? So Again, it applies in your career. It applies in initiatives. It applies in communities. It applies in business. Those three steps will always work for you. Um, and that's really my own promise with Visible Strength. So you can get Visible Strength. Um, it's available in ebook and it's available um, as a physical copy. Amazon is your best place to get it. Um, you can order also order a signed copy. If you want a signed copy from me, you can also order a signed copy on my website and it's www.visibility.com forward slash visible strength book um so there in that page if you wanted a signed copy then you can send that to me and i'll personally sign it and pack it up and get it sent to you um but the quickest way is always amazon you get it sort of with prime delivery and all of that stuff pretty quickly um and yeah and in terms of just staying in touch you can find me on on pretty much visibility on most platforms. So it would be on Instagram, predominantly visibility, on LinkedIn, visibility as well. Um, and then also my personal page. If you search my name, Mary Mushapayadeyemi, I come up on LinkedIn quite easily. Amazing. Thank you so much, Mary. Of course. Thank you for having me.
Thank you guys for listening to this episode. Um, hope you guys enjoyed it. Let me know what you learned. Uh, make sure you connect as well. Um, you can find me on leveluppwithlou at gmail.com. And I'm also on Instagram at leveluppwithlou. Um, but yeah, take care, everyone. And I'll catch you in the next episode. Bye.